Welcome to Prepping 1.0, where you'll learn all about prepping basics, or as we like to call it, beans, bullets, and band-aids. Erin Masters will equip you with the know-how to make sure your family is ready for anything, be it a pandemic, weather event, or any other unforeseen calamity. A serious topic with a smile. Here's Erin. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Prepping 1.0. We talk about a certain topic related to our, what is it, six or seven categories every podcast. They are security, shelter, food, water, health, wealth, and energy. And here in episode nine, we're going to talk about food. We're going to do another one about food. I know you might think, oh, another one you just did gardening and you talked about permaculture. You were kind of going back and forth about permaculture and don't make these mistakes. And now you're going to talk about food again. What's the deal? I don't know, guys. Sorry, I'm uh, ladies and gentlemen, I should say. I'm sorry. It's just that time of year. You know, it's harvest time. It's the fall. It's on my mind. <laughs> and speaking of the fall, it's kind of uh, interesting. Um, I walked outside this morning and I looked up with my wife at the leaves and I said, honey, that is some pretty looking dirt. <laughs> and it just kind of popped out. I wasn't trying to do a dad joke or anything like that. Um, but when I see leaves, I think dirt because I compost. And that's what I want to talk with you all about today. I want to talk about composting and how you can compost in a way that's not expensive to do and that also is not time consuming to do. And it's also not like uh, nasty to do or gross to do. Um, It seems to be like composting is taking off a little bit. And I say that because I have friends that are composting and uh, my my parents who live uh, in the country, their town contacted them and they said, hey, if you want to compost, they contacted everyone in the town, not just my parents. And they said, if you want to compost, we will sell you these really fancy composters, which are about $100, $120 a shot. I know because I was thinking about buying them at one time. They said, well, we we will sell you these really fancy composters for $10. So that's like, what is a 90% discount or more? And they were also including red wigglers, uh, which if you don't know, are worms that are very good at composting. And I'll talk a little bit about red wigglers um, in the future of this podcast, but not, not a ton. So... My parents are all excited. They're going to get these really nice uh, setup with the composter, this fancy composter with the drawer and all the specializations. uh, And they're going to get their red wigglers. And they've never composted before. I was surprised to hear because, you know, I grew up with parents that canned and hunted and all the nine yards. And I was surprised to hear they never composted. But they are now. And it's a strange thing where I actually can help them. And they're asking me for help. It's it's almost a first, to be honest, because they have so much more experience and self-reliance in backwoods stuff. So anyway, um, that that happened, and um, I've only composted for a short time, but I've immediately taken to it, partially because the price of topsoil and potting soil and all these soils is high, and partially because, let's be honest, if you're going to be self-reliant... Uh, if you're going to be prepared for a, a SHTF event, a collapse, even a minor collapse, you know, you don't really want to have to like be dependent on sterile, specially fertilized, miracle grow garden soil, topsoil, potting soil, that kind of thing. 
you want to be able to make something on your own. And my personal opinion is that potting or uh, potting soil. My personal opinion is that composting soil is better than what you buy. I really think so, and I'll tell you why. First, because potting soil and these miracle grow soils or Vigoro soils, you know, well, they are very good. They have fertilizer built into them and all that. They are sterile. The problem with them is they, they lack in certain minerals like calcium, for example. And so you find yourself sometimes adding that in there. Your tomatoes could get bloom rot if they don't have enough calcium. So there's, there's things that they lack as well as things that they have. Also, I like microbes and bacteria and bugs and worms in my soil. That, that's life. That's movement and action and decomposing. And, you know, from that life comes more life, which is my plants. And I tell you, when I'm composting, I will see all kinds of sprouted seedlings pouncing up. They don't last long because of the way I do my compost, but they're always pouncing. New things are always popping up out of nowhere, and it's just because it's such rich, wonderful stuff. So that is my quick pitch for composting. But let's talk a little bit about how you do this, because... You know, there's a lot to composting that might seem pretentious or yuppie gardener or expensive or complicated, all that stuff. You know, for me, the biggest thing was I thought it was complicated. And the first year I tried to compost, I just said, eh, whatever. And I made a huge pile of leaves by my shed. I threw a couple of pumpkins in there because Halloween had just ended. I just said, let's see what happens. Well, the next day, the pumpkins were strewn out and cut up all over the yards. It looked like a murder had happened. So I knew that the there was definitely animals in our yard at night. That was good to know. And what happened was the pile just sat there. It just sat there for probably the whole year and a half. Nothing happened. I, I know late, I found out later why that was. And the reason that it was is it was a very small pile of leaves. So it's probably too late in the year. And they were kind of spread out. They weren't like a big pile um, that can really start to cook. So let me get into this. What do I mean when I say cook? <laughs> and what am I talking about with red wigglers? So what I'm about to tell you is my style of composting. You can go on YouTube and see six million composting styles. You can find people who have their own composting style maybe next door to your house. You, There's an expert behind every corner. There are many different ways to do this. A lot of them are right. This is not the way that I'm going to tell you. The reason I do it is because I find it happens. When I compost this way, I find personally that the composting, the the breaking down of the material happens quicker and I find that the soil is extremely rich and I find that I don't have to worry about raccoons or dogs or anything and I can get some really good soil pretty pretty quickly um, so that's what I want to talk about with you now the the prepping 1.0 uh, method of composting and take what you would like and throw the rest out this is not like I said the uh, be-all and end-all way. So, first things first, what I did is I went to Home Depot and I got some pretty relatively cheap garbage cans. They didn't have wheels on them or anything. Uh, I do think it's a good idea to have garbage cans with wheels on them. Side note, rabbit trail. Uh, just because you will find in a collapse that that 
kind of thing will be extremely valuable. And that's actually on um, the list from the Bosnian Collapse. The list of 100 things you want is trash cans with wheels. They're very useful for many reasons, not just garbage. But let's get back on the path. I bought some very cheap 32-gallon garbage cans, and I bought 10 of them. So, you know, it's like $200, $200 plus. It's like kind of like an ouch, right? But let's think about this for a second. A lot of these things, when you're doing self-reliance, a lot of these things have a, a high sunk cost that might scare you away. It might make you think it's not worth it. And this is one of them. You know, chickens, you got to buy a coop, you got to blah, blah, blah. This is the same thing. I hear I'm buying 10 garbage cans. My wife was like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're wasting a lot of money on garbage cans. They're ugly. I don't want anyone to see those. What are you doing? Okay, now I got to buy a fence so my wife doesn't get upset. Did all that, right? Uh, then, so that's 320 gallons, quote unquote, of material that I'm going to compost. That's how much room I have. And I was taking leaves and other materials from four acres of our yard. So what I did was I took those 10 32-gallon garbage cans and I got a half-inch drill bit. And I drilled so many holes in that sucker. <laughs> Every garbage can had a lot of holes in it. There wasn't necessarily a rhyme or a reason. You know, I uh, I started off trying to do it a certain way, a certain pattern. You do, you drill holes in the lid, you drill holes in the bottom, and you drill holes in all throughout the side of that garbage can. Now you want to get a garbage can that's made out of halfway decent plastic. If if the plastic is cheap, it'll be brittle and you could end up cracking the plastic. A big crack could go all the way up and down the garbage can or if you're doing the bottom, it could crack all the way across the bottom. You don't want to go cheap here. $20, $30 for each garbage can. You know, go to Home Depot and get a good quality garbage can. You're not going to regret it. They're going to last you forever. So that's, that's part of the savings already. 320 quote-unquote gallons of compost versus how much would 320... I know it, go by, it goes by cubic feet, but I'm using gallons because that's the measurement of the can. How much would 320 gallons of miracle grow potting soil cost you at Lowe's? How much... Even the cheap stuff from Home De Vigoro, that's the Home Depot brand, still going to cost you a ton of money to buy that much potting soil. Not going to be cheap, but you spend two, three hundred dollars up front one year and you've got potting soil, but better because it's got a lot of the minerals that you don't have in those potting soils. You've got for years, years and years. So that sunken cost is going to make itself up for you in probably one or two years. You're going to be in the green. So that's that. I took those cans, I drilled holes in them, top, bottom, lid, everything. I can send you some pictures. I, I guess I can't. <laughs> I can post some pictures for you um, if needed. But you drill a ton of holes in there. And don't be shy about it. You know, don't, don't, um, what is the word? Don't, don't hurt the structural integrity of the garbage can. You know, you don't, don't drill them so close together that they bleed in or there's just a little piece of plastic separating them. Obviously, you want it like two inches, three inches, but you're really going nuts drilling those holes in there. And as you drill those holes, you start to 
create a way for air to come into your compost throughout the process of it aging. So that's what you got. That's what I did. I had 10 of these garbage, took me a little while, 10 of these garbage cans filled with holes on the sides, the top, and the bottom. Okay, so that's that. Now, after that, you want to have layers of material. And before I get into that, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what this material can be. So you're going to have your food scraps. Food scraps are a beautiful thing. You know, we have toddlers, so we have a lot of waste, unfortunately. I hate wasting food. And if it was a collapse, I probably would not throw away half the things I'm throwing away now. But when your kid picks up something and throws it on the floor and it gets dog hair all over it, generally just going to put that in the compost bin. And so that leads to the next tool and apparatus. It's a little probably about a gallon and a half, two gallons stainless steel bucket with a lid on top that has a charcoal filter in it to, you know, uh, what do I say, mitigate <laughs> any disgusting smells that might seep into the kitchen. Another important factor for the missus. She doesn't want to smell food all day. So we got gallon, gallon and a half stainless steel bucket that's in the kitchen. Throughout the day, we put our scraps, you know, pizza crusts, apple cores, all that kind of stuff in that bucket. You don't want to put dairy in there. You don't want to put any kind of meat in there. It's just vegetables, fruits, this sort of stuff. Don't go too heavy on the citrus. Eggshells are wonderful, but there's certain things you don't want to put in there. Hot peppers, spicy foods, not generally something you want to put in there. A little bit is okay, but generally not want to, something you want to go crazy with. No dog stuff or cat stuff, cat food, dog food, don't put that in there. And not that you would do this, but no animal feces, <laughs> unless it's chicken or rabbit, but don't put that in your stainless steel bucket that's going to be in your kitchen. We'll, we'll talk about animal feces and, and rabbit feces a little later in this uh, podcast. So you got we got our gallon and a half, two gallon stainless steel bucket in the kitchen. We fill that up throughout the day and we have leaves, as I told you, that fell from the tree and we use that as well. Those are our two main ingredients. They're not the only ingredients because the other ingredient is worm casting. And worm casting is the natural result of worms eating your food and the leaves with your food that is in your huge garbage cans. So we're going to get a little bit into that next uh, we're going to get a little bit more into the details of how you mix these things and what it all looks like as you make this stew that turns into compost. Uh, but before we go into that, let's take a little bit of a breather. Let's go to our uh, messages from our sponsors. I really hope you listen to these guys. They're great companies and they're here to help us stay on the air and therefore help serve you and help uh, you prep better. I'll talk to you right soon. Life is unpredictable, but you can count on Valley Food Storage to help you and your family prepare. 
with clean, natural, great tasting, and long lasting food storage. With our natural and nutritious freeze dried food, you'll be storing the food you love to eat. Log on to ContraRadioNetwork.com and click on the Valley Food Storage banner. Tired of getting censored on social media? Are you noticing less traffic to your business page or profile? Solve it by joining mumbleit.com today and experience true free speech social media. Join for free at www.mumblit.com. Experience real freedom today. Hi, this is Sydney from Trividaly, and I want to tell you about a new team system that CRN is doing. You see, we are going to build a team of like-minded individuals who can learn how to earn an income right from the comfort of home. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, then let's do something about it. Maybe you're stuck in a 9-to-5 rut, or maybe you just want to make a few extra dollars on the side. You see, it really doesn't matter what the reason is. What matters is the drive and determination. Let us show you how you can join us, build a team, and make a few extra bucks while we're at it. You can even test drive it for free. Log on to www.earn.contraradionetwork.com. Watch the video, fill out the form, and become an action taker today. Remember, www.earn.contraradionetwork.com. Do it now. So I just love composting. You know, it's a good thing to do for the environment because you're recycling things. Um, but generally speaking, the reason I do it, um, unfortunately, that's not the altruistic uh, reason of saving the environment. Is basically because I want to be ready for a collapse situation by having my own fertile soil. And so I talked a little bit about what you can use and what you should not use when composting. And I'm not going to get, you know, I'm not going to give you a big list and all that. You can do all that kind of um, deeper research if you want. But generally, there's greens and browns, greens and browns, and they talk about green layers and brown layers. And so green layers are those kitchen scraps I was talking to you about, those vegetables, those fruits, those eggshells are good. Coffee grounds are an amazing addition to any compost. Uh, before COVID hit, I worked in an office with a lot of, um, I guess, stressed out <laughs> uh, city folk, and they drank a lot of coffee. And every day, I was known as the coffee, a little weird, you know, probably eccentric, they thought me um, as, but because every day I would go home with a huge container of coffee grounds, gallons of coffee grounds, because I would empty out those coffee makers and take the grounds. And I didn't even care what people thought because they're so good for your compost in your garden. In fact, there's a whole study on using coffee grounds to enrich your soil. Talk about that some other time. If you know someone who works at a cafe, golden, that is your hookup. Those people can give you garbage bags of coffee grounds and you should take it coffee grounds are amazing grass clippings are good like i said leaves i love leaves 
um, garden materials, uh, paper towels, coffee filters, tea bags, all those things, they're considered green because they're, they're very rich in nitrogen. And now you want those greens in your compost. You don't want too much. I, there's no real huge negative influence to having too much, but generally you want to mix it up. You want to mix it up with your browns, which are carbon-rich materials. So you got your nitrogen, you got your carbon. Like I said, dry leaves. Oh, I'm sorry. I might have. I think I might have misspoke. Leaves are the browns. Leaves are not in the greens. They are not high in nitrogen. But dry leaves, your bread, your pasta, your pizza crust, sawdust, wood chips if they're finely ground, paper if it's shredded, cardboard. I use cardboard sometime for um, for composting. You know, there's those certain there's some egg cartons that are really good for composting as well. These are really good browns, very rich in carbon. Carbon and nitrogen, those are your green and brown layers. And you want to have a brown layer at the bottom, and then a green layer, brown layer, green layer. Doesn't have to be exactly that way. Don't get hung up on like, oh no, I hate my green layers too thick and I brown layers too thin. Don't worry about it. It push comes to shove, just Throw it all together and it'll be fine. But again, don't compost anything like pet manure or litter unless it's chicken or rabbits. Um, and we'll talk about that another time. Don't do any diseased plants because that, that disease is going to spread, right? Bones, fish, meat, all that stuff. Fats and oils in general don't age well, right? And, and I know I said um, sawdust and that, but not from treated lumber, not from something that could actually like bring in chemicals to your compost, because that, that's the compost you're going to use to feed your plants. You don't want that. So talked a little bit about that. Now, what, how do I, what does an average day look like for me with compost? Well, I've got a huge pile, and I'm making one right now um, because it's fall. And I, it's ironically, it was perfect timing because last week, maybe two weeks ago, I finally finished last year's leaf pile, which was composting pretty well just in a pile. You know, composting is not a hard thing to do. It's nature's way. I just put them in garbage cans because I want it to go faster. <laughs> so I finished last year's pile and I turn around and the leaves started to fall. It's perfect timing. But anyway, so I get all these, these leaves, I collect them all, and I put them in a huge pile. And it's a huge pile. Let me tell you by the time I'm done, four acres of leaves, trees everywhere, huge pile. That pile will begin to shrink though as those leaves break down. Now, what I will then do is I will get my, let's say, let's say I'm just starting. Let's say it's spring, right? So now it's fall. I'm making my big leaf pile. I'm going to let that sit all winter. During the winter, I'm going to have a worm farm where I'm going to have red wigglers. And I'll tell you about a worm farm in another podcast. If Don't worry about that now. Um, if you want to have worms, just buy them. For now, they're not that expensive. And get red wigglers. But I have my worm farm. So all winter, I'm going to have my worm farm in the garage. I'm going to have my huge pile of leaves starting to break down by my shed. And that's what's going to happen for the winter. Now let's come to the spring. The spring is here. I'm excited. I'm going to start my composting. So what I do now is I will put a layer of the leaf material at the bottom. That's my browns. And then we got all this um, kitchen scraps every day 
for me and my wife and definitely the kids. And every day, me and my oldest son, he's all excited. He carries the bucket out. We go out and we dump it on the leaf layer. We dump some green layer on that leaf layer. And then I take a pitchfork and I put some more brown over that green so it's covered. And you want to put a decent sized layer to keep bugs away and, you know, flies and all that. It's not going to ruin anything, but it's just not attractive or pleasant. So I, I put a nice layer of browns over those kitchen scraps. And depending on how many kitchen scraps I have depends on how much is a nice layer, right? And then we go over with our bucket that's now empty, fill it all the way up with water and dump all that water on our two layer, our three layers. So the reason why we want to keep those layers wet, you really want those layers to be wet throughout the whole process. Not like soggy drenched wet, but very wet, like a wet sponge. And honestly, I, if I was going to, if I were you, I would not worry about erring, erroring on the side of too wet. It's almost impossible to be too wet. Just keep it wet because what you're doing is you're encouraging the growth and the activity of bacteria that are actually water-based bacteria. That water-based bacteria begins to eat away at everything. Eat away, eat away, eat away at everything. So keep it wet so you can keep that bacteria thriving. That's gonna make a big difference. And then what we do after we put water on it is we, um, if this is the beginning of the year, the spring, then I would take some red wigglers from my wiggler farm or if this is your first time, you would take some red wigglers you got from the mail and I put them on top, not a bunch, put a few on top because I don't want them to go, remember our, our uh, garbage can has holes in the bottom. I don't want my worms to go out those holes and escape. So just a few in the beginning and every, every, um, every time I fill up another layer or two, I add a few more worms not a ton. You don't have to worry about adding too many worms though because they will actually lay eggs to the point where the, the garbage can is full. And when it gets to the point where it's gonna be overcrowded, they will stop laying eggs. So they self-regulate, which is a beautiful thing. Red wigglers will eat an insane amount of material. And so they are great for composting. Now in the process, you'll find worms from your area will get in there too. I have tons of earthworms in there and they are huge. They're like six inches and they, they even like slither like snakes are freaky. So they, they love my compost. They do very well in there. So I have red wigglers and they're having babies. I have earthworms having babies. It's just worms everywhere. My, my son loves spotting them and pointing them out. It's a big deal. <laughs> so you got your worms, you got your water-based bacteria, and then you're going to put the lid on, and you got to get a bungee cord. And I use these big black rubber bungee cords with metal hooks. And you bungee that top on there, and you keep it tight because you don't want raccoons going through your kitchen scraps. <laughs> it's not good. Trust me, it's not a good sight. Um, so that's what you do. You do it every day. And you, when you fill up one garbage can, you move it down the line and you get the next garbage can and you just repeat the process over and over and over. Eventually you will have 10 full garbage cans. Now, what are these garbage cans sitting on? They're not sitting on the earth. 
They're not sitting on the earth. They are actually on bricks. And the reason for this is for two, two reasons. The first reason is um, some people like to collect what they call the tea of the compost, very nutrient-rich water. And so you can put these garbage cans on a brick pedestal, three or four bricks. And if you want, you could put something underneath that to collect that tea. I don't do that. I might do it in the future, but I just don't have the time or energy. And I don't really, I can't be bothered, honestly. And I know that's like sacrilege to a lot of composters, but I just can't be bothered with it. So that's one reason. Another reason is you want to get the air flowing. You want to get a lot of air going in and out of your garbage can. And I just like to expose as many air holes as possible. Now, when you have two garbage cans, right? Two garbage cans full of compost, you gotta do another thing. And that thing is this, you have to make sure the compost is being aerated. If it's not getting enough air, then what happens is it goes uh, anaerobic. And that is disgusting, it's like turns slimy and grow. You wanna keep it aerobic. So you need your waterborne bacteria, but you also need a lot of oxygen in there too. And you need your worms. And so you have to, keep that compost from going anaerobic. And you do that, I do that in this system by using my pitchfork and transferring compost to a new garbage can when one garbage can is full. So let's say I have two full garbage cans, right? And I fill up my second garbage can and oh, it's time to get a third one. So normally I might, you might say, okay, you got your third garbage can, start afresh, put the layer of brown on there and start afresh. Well, what I do is instead of that, I'll take the new garbage can, I'll take the one I just filled up or maybe the first one and I'll pitchfork all the material from the older one into a new one and then I'll pitchfork the so let's say I pitchfork the material from the first garbage can into the third fresh new garbage can. Then I'll pitchfork the material from the second garbage can into the first garbage can. And so it keeps them all aerated. It keeps it all fluffy, so to speak. And the reason I do this is because, you know, a lot of the fancy composters, you can kind of turn them. They have a handle and it's really beautiful. They have a pedestal, all that but not so much with, you know, a garbage can <laughs> composter. That's probably why it's cheaper. Uh, some people will say, well, that's okay. Tip your garbage can over and roll it. That doesn't work so well in my experience. It starts, the garbage uh, can starts kind of bending and flexing and compost starts falling all over the yard. So I don't think that's a good idea. I just pitchfork it. So if I've got one, let's say I've got my first garbage can is full time to do the second garbage can. I will pitchfork the compost from the first one into the second one. That makes the stuff on the bottom go to the top of the second one and gets the air going. You know, it might be a little smelly and slimy sometimes, so you gotta make sure you stay on it, and then you keep going that way. That's how you do it, it's as simple as that. You keep doing that all the way down, all the way down the line, and before you know it, you're gonna have some great compost. Um, if you have chickens and rabbits, add that chicken litter to the compost, big compost pile, 
Let it sit there for a couple of weeks. It's a beautiful thing. I'll get into that another time, how to compost with rabbit um, and chicken litter, for lack of a better word. But for now, I want to leave you with that. Think about that. It's a simple process. You do want to be aware that mold will grow, black mold sometimes too, so be careful about that. Maybe wear a mask if you're allergic to mold. But it's a simple process, and it makes amazing garden soil, amazing stuff. So that's all for today. A little bit of a rush, but I wanted to give you as much data as possible and make sure you could really get started on this. Let me know if you have any questions, and I hope you have a great day. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to Prepping 1.0 with Aaron Masters. Check in again soon. Each podcast touches on one of the six key areas of preparation, food, water, shelter, security, health, wealth, and energy. See you next time.